piss, 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 Howdy there, sir, and welcome back to Endgame, a Riverdale podcast where three main hosts and also a special guest review a special episode of the show. I am your first host, Daddy. You're killer father. Serial killer father. That's super true. I'm your second host, Drug Lord Mother. Uh, I'm your third special host, Child of the Corn. And I am your fourth host, Mythic Bitch. And we're not doing dreams. No, I guess not. Only because I have two and a half times more notes than I usually have. Jesus Christ. I didn't even feel like I had to write things because I know what I want to say so much. Because we've talked about it 18,000 times. Writing things was a formality. <laughs> because every time you watch it, something else is there that you didn't see last time. And I've seen it 30 times. <laughs> Plot synopsis, Heathers. How do I even summarize it? Everything that is good about Riverdale is this episode. They say Miha. They have the best lines. Everything is stupid. They say end, they game. Say they end, say game. end game. They say it's so good. Everyone is mad at each other, but like it doesn't matter. And there's cults. Kevin's and getting gay else? married this week. What else? Excited. It's so good. Well, it is biphobic, but you know, <laughs> fine. There's almost a threesome at school. <laughs> Hiram is upset and sad. Lovely. I'm so happy. <laughs> Mark, I learned that Mark Consuelos can't act sad for his life. No, I don't have that. What is the summary? It's Heather's. It's amazing. Do you know Heather's, the classic 1990s movie? Prepare for it to get worse. And this is the last fun musical episode. <laughs> That's oh, true. No. This yeah. is the best episode of Riverdale. If somebody held a gun to my head and said, what's the best episode of any TV show in the world? I would say this. I've watched it more than any other TV show of any show. I show it to everyone I meet. When I make new friends, I make them watch this episode with me. I, when I was quarantined with my mom, I made her watch this episode with me. I watch it when I'm sad, when I'm happy. I watch it for every emotion because it's the best thing I've ever seen. Well, it's interesting because your first Riverdale episode uh, was the My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard episode. That was, yeah, I walked into my house and my mom was watching that scene and I was like, what is this? Whereas my first episode was this. This was my intro. No, because it's the best. It's so good. Um, This is one of the only episodes where Jug doesn't narrate at the beginning. I think it's the second one we've had where that doesn't happen because they forget about it because they are lazy at writing. Um, because it, <laughs> Mostly because Cole Sprouse refused to be on set more than was legally required of him. <laughs> no, not legally, but more than Lily Reinhardt was like, I'll fucking kill you if you don't get on set. <laughs> oh, I thought, it, I thought it was more like, I'll fuck you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Either one. Like they, so, in the year of their relationship, they hadn't had sex yet. And this was the main ultimatum. <laughs> So it opens with Weatherby in his office and 
Um, Hermione is there and Kevin and a group of people are there and they're all arguing um, about whether they should perform Heathers. Which no. The mayor thinks it's inappropriate because it's about drugs and suicide. And then Kevin's basically like, okay, but watch this. And then sings the school sings. Kevin sounds like shit. Well, that's not... Want to talk about them like... We got to talk... Heather's is objectively a bad choice for Riverdale. They do cut Martha, so I guess it's... (laughs) It's it's I guess it's fine. It's because they know Martha would be played by Midge. It's out of respect for the character. When they're talking to her, she's just an empty stage. No, there's no respect for Midge, because they do the Midge lookalike throughout this episode. They they, They don't care. They bring in a a Midge clump um, cardboard cutout. (laughs) Oh, God. And it just says Mitch Clump the Clumpster. <laughs> um, and it's Martha. <laughs> it's like a precursor to them arguing about he- like the next musical episode starts the exact same way that this starts with Kevin arguing about whether the it should be performed. Yeah, and both not- times Kevin's just wrong. Yeah, he's wrong. Don't do Heather's at your high school. No. First of all, Heather's at any high school is a bad look, but also when like a bunch of people have died and someone in your school has committed suicide rather recently, maybe not the show who for the majority of its runtime makes the point that sometimes when bad people die, it's actually really good. And that some people are more useful dying than they are alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point that that's not a good idea. And then Kevin's like, listen to me, not enunciate a single word in the song. And somehow that works. And then they can do Heather's somehow. Um, so it's okay. There's a very long song um, from Heather's called Beautiful that they sing. And it's a bunch of different characters. So the first character who starts singing it is Kevin, who doesn't enunciate his fucking words. Not a single one of them. <laughs> Corey Cott is a trained singer. And we he just that. Yeah. No. Corey Cott's the only one in the cast that's a trained singer. No. Except Why is he the worst sounding one? <laughs> he sounds so bad. <laughs> is that really true that the two people that that are trained singers are Madeleine Patch and Corey Cott? Those are the worst singers in the fucking... Okay. That's sad. That's that unfortunate. That's I hadn't really put that bad. together in my mind. Um, And then while he's singing, they attempt to dance in the back. No. It's so half-assed. <laughs> They're just... It's... But it's like imagine us if you picked up a spaghetti noodle and you were like, "This is dancing," and you just like flung it. It's like, very good. It does have inflatable tube man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the heads don't move and their whole bodies like squiggle, and it's the weirdest it's thing. It's not good. It feels like um when you're slurping up spaghetti and That's it's like the said. bottom yeah. of the spaghetti. Like, it's it is. It's so bad. I don't even know how to describe things in this episode because, like, just watch it four times and then listen to this. It's like... Don't watch it four times. Yeah, watch it five times. You're right. (laughs) First of all, they cut the first verse of the song, which is already a choice. There's so many lyric changes. I'm going to go over some of them. Yeah, we'll get into the lyric changes because those are on my list. The entire first verse, which I kind of get seeing as it opens... Freak, slut, loser, cripple, homo, homo, homo. Like, and they weren't about to say that on television. I can't believe they didn't have Kevin saying homo, homo, homo. <laughs> yeah, they would. Like Stone. I think my headcanon is because I don't think Corey Cott can dance. No. No. Or sing. 
He can't do anything. <laughs> like, he can't act. I just, I noticed this episode that Cory Cott never dances. <laughs> a single time. This is it's the closest cool to say he gets. anyone dances. <laughs> That's true. That is not dance. No. Tony, <laughs> here's like, the thing. Tony and Cheryl like, dance. I'm making fun of the people who are swaying like spaghetti noodles because it looks bad. But I also know for a fact, I have no idea how they're doing that, like with their bones. <laughs> just, it looks like I don't know how they're doing it. My favorite part of the sway is that they have sway, sway, and then half of the people turn around yeah, and the other to do the though. second set of sways. <laughs> and it's so distracting, I don't even pay attention to what Kevin's singing. I know. Because you're too. like, wait, people are spaghetti. <laughs> I will say this criticism is coming from someone who fell over backwards while doing Cotton Eye Joe to demonstrate it to me. No, I was not doing Cotton Eye Joe. Yes, you I, did. I was doing the cha-cha slide. Way <laughs> more valid. I don't know how to dance to Cotton Eye Joe. I oh. learned that when I was like nine years old, so I don't remember it. But I remember the cha-cha slide because it tells you what to do. Okay, well... <laughs> You fell over backwards. I did fall backwards. That's why I just said I wouldn't be able to do the spaghetti dance, but that doesn't mean it doesn't look bad. That's true. It does look very bad. The canonization that Kevin is singing this song as like a way of showing Hermione and the principal why they should perform Heathers means that leading up to this song, Kevin told a group of people, hey, wait a sec. <laughs> Also, this episode opens with, like, no warning. Because usually Jug's narrating and is like, this is what's happening. And it just opens with Kevin being like, we're doing Heathers and singing. And that's how it should go. Straight <laughs> at 100, breakneck until the end of the line. So then, still singing, we have a cut to Veronica at Pops, who puts up a help wanted sign um, for a bouncer since Reggie is no longer the bouncer. And she is singing about Harvard, Duke, and Brown. Uh, I don't think she's applied to colleges, but okay. <laughs> I'm shocked that she only needs a help wanted for a bouncer. And not a bartender. It's specifically because she still has her bouncers. Yeah, that's, that's what, what the I pretty poisons are. It's a whole ass game. Why does she need Reggie? Because we know Tony was a bartender at 12. That is canon. And every apparently everyone who was a serpent knows how to bartend. And so that problem is solved. Reggie is not needed. No. Except to look hot and be the best. And valid. Yeah. Maybe that's what she means by bouncer. Mm -hmm. Someone to bounce her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated that. Ew. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. Then we have Archie and Josie singing. What? No. Archie, shut up. You sound bad. Stop. Archie's so Just bad. Don't. Remember when he like was a singer? No, I don't want to remember that, actually. Was? Past tense? Excuse me, have you not seen the Acoustic Jesus movie? <laughs> God, that was so bad. Does he sing in? Oh, he does. Yeah, he does sing a lot in that movie. That was, like, the whole fucking point. I thought that movie was very atheist. No, 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 no. The point of <laughs> that movie... What? I thought the movie was very atheist because she wakes up from cancer and from dying, and she's like, oh my God, God saved me, and then dies. Well, it's like, God didn't, he, you died. You're wrong. I don't think that's what they were intending to do. Like, that. that's what it came across as. <laughs> that comes across very atheist. I know. It's, because no. she wakes up and says, God will save me from the cancer. And then she dies. <clears throat> and is not saved from the cancer. But she's saved in her next life. Anyway, the point of that movie, clearly, was for KJ Apa to film something in two months without taking his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. We all know this. 
Uh, Sarah, if you're not familiar, the only reason KJ Appa takes roles at this point <laughs> is whether they can be filmed in two months breaks from Riverdale and also don't make him take off his shirt. We're not making that up. He said that in an interview, like word for word, that he does yeah, not want to take his shirt I, off. I wish we were lying. <laughs> and he wants to film between Riverdale. It's two criteria. Two. And in case you're wondering, Riverdale is like being in jail. Yeah, like prison. <laughs> prison. Men's big millions. <laughs> he makes 40 million an episode. Oh my God. Anyway, is it 40 million, 40,000? It's, it's probably 40,000. 40, Sorry, I didn't mean to say million. I was like, I don't know why I'm saying million because that's not true. <laughs> then Betty and Jock sing and Jock boops her little nose and he finally says a line in the song and he's so cute. It's great. I love them. I love Jughead and Betty, specifically so Jughead in this episode, because he's They're the only so one who continues plot. Everybody so else cute. is doing a musical and Jughead continues real plot. That's not true. Mark Consuelos is out here <laughs> plotting his ass off. Reggie has emotional breakthroughs. Sweet Pea is sad. <laughs> My other favorite I I appreciate that they somehow managed to do the same chorus of this song three times yeah yes because then we go, we go from betty and jug singing to kevin turning to hermione and saying that she doesn't understand how teenagers feel and then the entire classroom sings it's not singing one no. of them is, they're one dancing of them is... and not mouthing the lyrics and it looks so weird no, the implication is that all of these are thoughts in their heads but yeah. the canon explanation for this song is that there's a boombox in the principal's office that's playing a karaoke track that they're all singing to. Meaning oh, what is actually happening is that you're hearing a bunch of music from down the hall as a bunch of kids slam into desks repeatedly. <laughs> you can play it over the loudspeakers. It's just going through the whole school in some normal science class somewhere. It's like, what is happening? Oh, one of them has again. the line, why do I act like such a creep? Not one of them. It's, it's Reggie, Reggie Mantle. Mantle. I don't know it was Reggie, but it's such a monotone voice. Like He's like, why do I act like such a How? creep? No, it is. Do you stop slandering Reggie right now? Did you listen to the line? The line is, why do I act like such a creep? <laughs> so, but why does why is he thinking that? What has he done that is creepy? Unknowable. Watch Bornwell <laughs> breaking someone out of juvie. That's not, that's creepy. not creepy. That's just His 20 Bumble that's girlfriends. <laughs> He's back on Bumble. <laughs> He's gonna find the future Mrs. Mantle. Yeah. Sponsored by Bumble. So Reggie says, why do I act like such a creep? I want it to be known that the class is like someone is so not singing in tune with everyone else. Yeah, and it's it whoever's sounds- singing why. Whoa. It sounds so bad. I when I first watched this, I couldn't believe that they kept this in the fucking episode. Like, I appreciate this song because it starts and you're like, oh, so this is gonna be the worst section this episode has to offer, <laughs> and then you're dead wrong. Bad. <laughs> it's not good. So for some reason, the mayor, I guess, accepts that Kevin's right and they should do Heather. No, she's like, are all of you this miserable? Like. You're like, you just said you shouldn't do the musical because people are, like, killing themselves left and right. You know they're miserable. Yeah, there was a gang war. Yeah. Um, And then they all, still singing, it goes on for so long. They all run into the auditorium. They jump around on the stage, like, with their arms up. It's so bad. They're like, 
<laughs> Do you really? Th- th- thanks for the visual representation <laughs> for our audio podcast. If you want, we can put a bag on your head and change it to a video podcast. <laughs> you so have Morrison's can... paper bag. If you post a video of her with a bag on her head just jumping silently and <laughs> upload it, that is so funny. There's, oh, someone's going to knock on our door and be like, hey there. We have happening? no followers. <laughs> untrue we have an estimated audience of four get it right is there still the person from sweden how are you doing person from sweden why are you listening to this so they're all jumping up and down i was gonna i was gonna say that they had to have time skipped to like them having the cast out but they already have the cast out because they've already cast all of the heathers yeah yeah it, it, it just yeah cheryl sings as heather chandler um and Betty and Veronica are the other Heathers. Betty's Heather Duke. Veronica's Heather McNamara. I think so. Betty is green one. Veronica <laughs> is yellow no. one. <laughs> Cheryl is red. She <laughs> invented only, red. <laughs> the only red that can exist at Riverdale. House. My name was almost the inventor of red because I love that <laughs> line. I love so, it. So um, and the end of the song is Kevin punching the air so hard that they had to add a whoosh sound effect. <laughs> they, whoever was on sound effect duty for this episode, <laughs> they you were high. went above and beyond. <laughs> there are sound effects for so every goddamn thing. I have a count, we both have counters for how many hair whip noises there are, but the, it's objectively too many. It elevates the material. <laughs> so stupid. Um, and they don't do it in any other episodes ever. The reason I, I got in my head that Corey Cott can't dance is because both when they come into the theater and when they're on the stage and in big fun, Kevin just stands there while everyone else dances around him. Yeah. Despite him being the only one doing that. Yeah. Love this I just, episode. I understand why Heather is the main one, I get Not Heather, sorry. Why Cheryl's the main Heather. But are we, we don't mention the other Heather that Cheryl has trauma about. Yeah, we don't. Because they forgot about her. It's just weird to me that Cheryl's playing someone named Heather and has no, like, oh my god, I'm thinking about Heather, I'm so sad. I'll make this point now. Big Fun takes place at the Sisters. Oh, I was gonna say that. Um, Already, gay trauma with Heather. Yeah. And then other gay trauma of going to the conversion place. Yeah. No emotions about either of these things. Nope. Which that would have been more interesting because if Tony was like mad at her and then Cheryl was having like a whole traumatic thing, that would be more interesting. But we're not going to do that. Of course not. No. And also Betty doesn't have any emotions about the system. No. Because Betty is superior. No. So then Kevin announces to everyone in the musical that Evelyn is the co-director and Betty's mad. And then everyone says their roles. So I'd like to tell you who everyone is playing. Uh, and then who we're missing. So we have Veronica Sawyer, who's played by Josie. Not by Veronica. No, but what so Josie's the main character. JD is played by Sweet Pea, which I love, I love Sweet that. Pea. Love I love so much. That is distinctly Kevin trying to stoke the flames of drama. But I, I okay, we have Sweet Pea as JD and we don't get him like screaming, Veronica, open the door. It makes me really sad because I think he would do a good job. He could do it. 
That would be fun, but he doesn't. That would be fun. Um, uh, Reggie is Ram, Sweeney. The three Heathers are Betty, Cheryl, and Veronica. Do we get any songs from the second half of the show? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Our Love is God, is that the second half or is it the end of the first half? It's the end of the first half. Um, No, t- Lifeboat should be the second Lifeboat half. Lifeboat is the second half. Mm. Calling lifeboat in this episode, though, is a very bold stance. Um, so we are missing a, a lot of people from Heather's because this they only list one, two, three, four, five, six people in the show. We're missing Martha, most importantly. Who is important in the show? Like in and they mention her in this episode, but nobody's playing Martha. And then Tony is announced as dance choreographer. Wait, no, I skipped something. No, you did skip something. You skipped the two single straight dudes doing some theater. Yeah. But they're not gay. Yeah, Reggie says that to Archie. He says, just two single straight dudes doing some theater. But they're not gay. I love Reggie. I love Reggie so much. (laughs) This is the end of our, like, Reggie. He's not a main character after this, really. But Reggie gets it. Reggie understands what theater is. Mm -hmm. I love him. So he says that, and then Tony is announced as dance choreographer, and Cheryl says, what the, and then... No, no, does anyone have a chainsaw? Because what the... And I still don't get that. No, I don't I don't either. I was like, what? It doesn't make sense to me. It's not a reference to Heather's. It's not a reference to anything, I think. It's not a pun or anything? I... I am convinced that it was an inside joke that two writers of the show had that somehow made it into the final script. <laughs> Did you know the guy who runs the CW, like, he directs most of the CW stuff and also Riverdale is the highest paid director, like, alive right now? Anyway. That's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> As he should be. This show's amazing. Then Evelyn leads a theater exercise where everyone's laying on the ground and she's talking. She's talking you inside of me and me inside of you. Just a normal afternoon with all of your friends. I just think that this show doesn't understand what Heather's the Musical is about. No, no, no. Because me inside of... Me inside of me is a song about, like, taking someone's suicide... And making it about yourself. And like the glorification of a person after their death. And like to be like, yeah, we should do that. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, I was more talking about how it's weird to say you feel me inside of you. Like, I think that's (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's better for the inside of a me than the inside of a you. Um, I, who do you think would have sang Kindergarten Boyfriend if they had someone sing it? Ethel. I think it would be Betty to Archie. Mm. I know. I think if they were doing good casting, Betty would be cast as Martha. Exactly. Mm. Um, but they're not. No. Nope. And so, like, who cares? It would be, it would be Ethel, because Ethel looks the most like Martha. Is Ethel gone from the show? Unknowable. Because she should be in the musical. She was in the last one. No, I think she's barred from musicals for trying to murder the lead. Oh, okay. Because she Perhaps. totally would have been Martha. Maybe. That's Maybe just that's why you. they don't have a Martha. Because <laughs> Ethel? Um, so, yeah, there's that weird exercise. And then 
Um, there's a candy store battle. So this is, um, they're supposed to rehearse the song candy store. And um, Kevin says that Tony is going to show them the dance choreography. And Cheryl says that the Heathers have made their own dance choreography and they, they Tony and her group and Cheryl and her group sing candy store while dance battling. At some point, Tony's just like twerking it, Cheryl. Yeah. And then we have the first hair whip sign. No, we have the first two. The first two, my bad. Yeah, uh, isn't it Cheryl has one and then Tony has one? Yep, and, like, right after the spots. other. <laughs> it's not good. And then at some point they're like, I guess trying to harmonize, but it just sounds like they're both screeching. It's bad. Mm. It's not good. They're not harmonizing like whatsoever. It's just screeching. They also changed the lyrics here for mm. no no reason. Well, one of them is so they don't say balls on television. <laughs> which like fine. I what is let your mommy fix you ice cream instead of let your mommy fix you a snack? Let, let your, your mommy. mommy. It, it's because let your mommy fix you a snack rolls off way too easily. You have to say <laughs> let your mommy fix you ice cream. I which is way more natural. So I hate the way that I hate that they changed that lyric. <laughs> and every time I it's it bothers me because I can't for the life of me imagine why they would change it to ice cream. I don't know. I don't understand why they cut the rest of the the lines leading up to the song. Like, are we going to have a problem? You got a bone to pick. Yeah. You've come so far. Why now are you pulling on my dick? Super in Cheryl's character to say, even in that moment. But instead it's just, are we going to have a problem? Ba-dum, bum. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. And you're taking him back. Also, this is a good time to note that Heather's isn't a dance show and doesn't need a choreographer. Classically, there's, like, no dance in this show. The dances are so bad. They're yeah, bad. They're very low energy. They spin in circles and hair whip a and lot. And then they, they twerk and they do this weird thing with their... They make fists and hit their hips. I know. I'm like, oh, that's I've mean? I've had a lot of choreographers tell me to do that. But do you do that while you stick your ass at someone else? There's two kinds of dancing in this episode: sad and hot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where's the sad dancing? <laughs> the swaying. No, the sad dancing is in lifeboat. You're <laughs> no, right. You're right. <laughs> there's two genders: there's spaghetti and there's sexy. <laughs> That's just one gender, baby. I look at spaghetti and I'm like, those curves. No. <laughs> so flexible. Well, Italian or like, I don't know how much Italian. Oh, it's in my roots. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All Italians stare at a good pasta and it's that's it for us. <laughs> um, so candy store is just bad. It's so bad. It's not and good. I feel like if you lack the juice... Go play Duck Duck Goose. I love that line so much. If you lack the juice, go play Duck Duck Goose. The only thing I can come up with for why Kevin, like it would have to be Kevin changed the lines for Heathers. Maybe. If he did, just one of them would just be like, Kevin Kevin was like, ice cream is better than snacks. Write it down. I hate snacks, love ice cream. Farm sponsored ice cream. <laughs> what? There's one more line that they change, and they change it to "Dirty Dancing with the Football Team." Yeah. Do yeah. To, they the, say they say in my Porsche with the quarterback. 
which I guess is implying that they're having a threesome in their car. Maybe. I always thought that they were just having a fun night on the town, like driving through people's lawns drunk. But I guess somewhere in some producer's mind, they could be like, we don't like the portion with the quarterback line. What if they're having a three-way? Instead, we'll be dirty dancing with the football team, which is not an implication of an orgy. I don't no, accept no, no. this criticism. No, I don't accept this because there is a threesome scene later in this goddamn episode. <laughs> so you can't be like, they didn't want to imply that. They literally have a scene. They do have a scene. And I can't believe they can't say balls, but they can show people about to fuck on a stage school. <laughs> But you can't say balls. There's a scene in the show where a 15-year-old girl strip teases in front of her boyfriend's dad. But do they say balls while she does it? No. (laughs) Anyway. Boy. This show has morals. It's important to know the farm is sponsoring the musical in case anyone forgot. It's not important, actually. (laughs) It's important to me. So the next scene is Betty accuses Evelyn of using the musical to recruit people to the farm. Yeah, you might be wondering how we got from that scene to this scene. And the answer is we didn't. (laughs) The answer is the song ends and now we're in a new scene. It immediately shifts to like this soft light piece of music from Candy Store. And it's so awkward. Evelyn at that moment announces that there's going to be... um, a pre-show cast party at the sisters in costume. Q rant. Q rant. Go. Oh, 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 I don't really. You don't. You don't do anything in costume, no. especially not go to a party it, when your show is so soon. Don't get your costumes dirty. Don't mess up oh, your costume. Like a bad idea. The, the costumes are already rough. To begin with. Like, they're passable at best. I don't think the costumes are too bad. I don't not enjoy them. I do think especially Cheryl's outfit is not made for dancing based on candy store. But, like, I don't mind them. They're passable at best. It's definitely made for dancing because the skirt flies up when she dances. (laughs) Which is what parents in the audience want to see, of course. Obviously. (laughs) She also has an underskirt thing that peeks up over her blouse that you can just see. Because for some reason, the costume department, I guess, was off that day. <laughs> they were they were striking like, nah. the show. I don't know what's happening. Anyway. Evelyn wants big fun, and I'm in for it. Come on, Evelyn. Let's go. Then a divorce. Divorce. Oh, yeah, not a divorce. divorce. Of course, of course, nobody, nobody likes, likes a divorce, divorce, of course. So, <laughs> Veronica walks in. And the lights are all off and her parents are sitting on separate chairs and they say, we want to talk. We're separating. And Veronica freaks out, which is confusing because one, her mom has told her that she's afraid of Hiram murdering her. Yeah. And then her mom also tried to murder Hiram and her she hates her dad and thinks he's horrible and is bad to her mom. Yeah. But then they're like, we're separating. And she's like, you can't do that. Don't do that. No. Why are you doing that? We can work it out. We're a family. They don't say a Spanish word for family. No. I would have really thought that they would have done that. Cafe con leche. (laughs) We're a cafe con leche. (laughs) We're a mija. I'm so confused about Veronica being mad about this. No, but like like, she keeps mija. Daddy. (laughs) I'm your mija. You can't, you can't do this to your mija. (laughs) 
What about your Mon Amour? <laughs> I understand why they can't have like a constant or a cons- a, like at least somewhat consistent characterization of her and like her like opinion of her family because no. it's like she keeps going between two extremes and it's so tiring and it makes no sense and it's confusing because you're like, oh, what's it going to be this time? No, Veronica's character is based on plot. It's whatever yeah. the plot needs her character to be. And so That's for this true. episode, they needed a reason to break up her and Reggie and a reason for her to sing Lifeboat. Yes. And so they have to have her be sad about something. And so she's sad about this. It's so weird, though, because I really, when I, why wouldn't she be happy? It's so weird. So then Hiram leaves the room and she's like, why are you guys getting a divorce? And um, he, Hiram is like, ask your mother. And so she goes up to, this is one of the moments in Riverdale where I'm watching and I'm like, what has this show become? Because Veronica walks up to her mom and she goes, why are you separating? And he, she goes, he knows I sold the drugs out from under him while he was in the hospital. I need you to put yourself in my shoes. Someone that has never watched an episode of this television show before. This is the first thing I'm seeing. He knows that I sold the drugs out from under him already a lot while he was in the hospital a lot of things are happening there. No explanation for any of them. She just leaves to take a bath. Me, as someone that didn't know the plot of the show, had to take 15 minutes. <laughs> but then, me now, someone that knows this show on an intimate level, this seems so normal. Yeah. Like, of course she sold the drugs out from under him while he I was in the hospital. I don't even remember this happening. I don't even <laughs> Did you watch your first episode with me? Yeah. That's what I thought. Because I always show this one. She didn't sell the drugs out from under him while he was in the hospital. She was planning on it. And then Veronica burned all the drugs while he was in the hospital. Which is how they got into the situation with Veronica and the debt to begin with. Yeah. No drugs were sold. If you asked me how many people burned their parents' drug labs this season, (laughs) I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. It's thematically appropriate because Hermione goes to take a bath, and then we cut to Big Fun, (laughs) which ironically has two people in a random bathtub. It's the weirdest thing. I Every time I watch this, I stare at them. I noticed a character that I had never seen before this episode. (laughs) I want you to explain to me what this is, who this person is, what is going on with them, what they are wearing. I need you to explain it to Sarah, because I can't do it. Uh, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, I saw that. It looks like a person wearing a giant, like, paper mache She goes to a different school. (laughs) I noticed that, but I glossed over it. Is Is it a goat? Is it the gargoyle oh, I king? I thought it was rat. It or feels like gargoyle king s. The problem is that the oh. the things that would be the eyes look like two pillars on like an old Greco-Roman building. <laughs> <laughs> but I I also I don't want to put this in your head that she's wearing it as a mask, Sarah, because she's not. She's wearing it as like a riding cap. It's a hat with, with a thing on top. I just assumed it was some farm bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Have you ever, do you know, like, the Lion King uh, stage show? Where they yeah, sometimes just have, like, 
the people's face and then a massive giraffe yeah. head on top of them. That's what she looks like. They, I saw the Lion King and it. they started like walking into like the audience and it scared me. <laughs> I was like 17. Like I was not a child, but it was scary. I hated it. We could be 17. Oh, good Lord. Um, still got, got the right. right. <laughs> so every a bunch of people are in a room at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. There is a big metal tub in the middle of the room <laughs> with two people sitting in it while everyone around dances it's electroshock therapy again. it's weird um i didn't realize till i watched it this time that they were at the sisters because i've never processed oh my that. god me neither i hadn't processed that they were the, i was i was always before like why are they in this weird place who owns this place i still don't get why there's a tub in the middle of the room and why people got in it um but they start fun doing, they start so doing fun. yellow shots and they sing oh, big fun. that explains it yeah. It oh wait, did you think they were just real shots? Yeah. Because she had made the point that when they try to do the shot, it doesn't it doesn't go to... anywhere. Um, which still doesn't make sense if they're jello shots. Jello shots are made to move. But apparently she just thought they were liquid shots <laughs> that they were supposed to be miming. They're blue colored alcohol. I'm confused because if they wanted it to be realistic, they could have just made jello and they all could have eaten jello. Yeah. How Maybe, hard no, it but the difference is a jello shot is more slippery than jello because of so? the alcohol. Because so you'd have to make slippery jello. No, you wouldn't. No, it's because I think what they did is that they did make jello. And oh, then Sweet Pea okay. tries to take a shot of jello, but the jello being sticky just sticks to the shot glass. It's funny. And then it just ends up with him like reaching for a jello. <laughs> trying in his heart of hearts to still make this look like he's getting drunk (laughs) good lord everyone is singing big fun really poorly and they're jumping around it's not good it sounds bad it really does sound bad veronica is hot tonight veronica is hot tonight if you were wondering how many total verses they sang out of this song. The answer is zero. They sing zero <laughs> verses. They sing a chorus, a hook to a chorus, and then the chorus again. They literally just jump up and down and say, big fun, big fun, over and over. And then Veronica says, Veronica's hot tonight twice. And makes Even out with Reggie. she's not the character. Not the character, Veronica, and they're in character. Um, and okay. why is she- why is she making out with Reggie? They're fighting. She just put the bouncer sign in the window. Because and now they're fine. Reggie still thinks she's hot. It's character <laughs> conflict. And he's so popular. Reggie. He's so popular. He's so I don't popular. think you understand Reggie's internal conflict. <laughs> Reggie wants to be mad, but Reggie also horny. <laughs> he can he was probably watching porn at this party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in a corner. Be like me. In the corner. In the tub. In the tub. I can't believe that people were sitting in that tub. Like on set, people sat in that tub together. Like two strangers got in that tub and they sat there. And it's not a large tub. Like you got that is an intimate experience with that other person. Soup. Oh my god, it's more soup. Back to our roots. This is the best episode. Um, I think I think that the reason that they had a tub was for the line, we will overflow the hot tub on the patio, yeah. and that's yeah. the hot tub on the patio. It's a see. cold metal bucket. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's a bucket. And Evelyn um, uh, tries to recruit Cheryl a little. 
Are you sad about breaking up with your girlfriend? Dance with me. <laughs> Be in a cult. Be, join the cult. Um, when Veronica and Reggie are making out, there's a poster of the show behind them. And I noticed one thing and she noticed another thing. We'll start with your thing. Um, so the poster, it's obviously with the three Heathers. And they're supposed to be Veronica, Betty, and Cheryl. However, Betty and Veronica's, like, hair colors on the characters they're supposed to play are switched. So mm -hmm. Veronica is in the outfit of Betty's character, and Betty is in the outfit mm -hmm. of Veronica's character. So oh. it's just wrong. Which would be fine if they weren't literally in costume <laughs> in front of it. <laughs> like, if that the premise... Oh boy. The good thing about this episode, I swear to God, you can watch it a billion times and you find something else that's horrible about it. It's magical. What I noticed is that so there's two posters in the background that you can see, and one of the posters is just normal. And then the second larger poster is the exact same, except someone took a Sharpie marker to every person's eyes. <laughs> And so their eyes are just black holes. What the fuck? <laughs> it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't and like it's that. just there. That's so funny. I was Ethel hiding in the walls. <laughs> it was Midge oh, Club boy. from After the Grave. That's horrible. Oh, I'd also like to say that uh, guess who delivers the line? I'll give you three guesses. I feel like Bono at Live Aid. Oh, God. Is yes. it Reggie? <laughs> Is it Jughead? This is like, I don't know. You know how people say racially motivated? I couldn't think like, this is, it's homophobically motivated. This is bad. Like, it's rough. And it zooms it's in on him too, saying it. It's, it's so because it's, it zooms in on him because he's not moving, but everyone else is moving because Cory Cott still can't dance. Lord. How do you think the people got in the hot tub? Like, did they know each other? Or did someone come over and be like, hey, I sit next to you in math class. Mind if I join you in the hot tub? Where our, like, whole bodies are touching? They were bumble dates. No. I can't stop thinking. People have, like, died in that tub. Oh, it's yeah. The, it's the baptism tub. It is the baptism so, tub. <laughs> people so have died in there. And oh, these kids are just like, yeah, I'm sure hot tub time. The water. I'm sure that's filthy. That's the water Alice <laughs> slurped up. I think, I think in canon what it actually is is Evelyn set them up. Because we learned this episode that Evelyn plays matchmaker in yeah. just her life. I think Super Evelyn good. came into the party, grabbed two people, and was like, we need some people in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, is this what theater parties are ever like? Because I have been to theater parties and I, they were bad. No, I this not... one, this one is less horny, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you... It's a lot less. And... I forgot to mention one thing. Kevin's hair is an atrocity. He, it's a war crime. It looks like he got a perm. Kevin looks like Blaine at the prom episode. No, he doesn't um, because Blaine looks like our podcast host and he doesn't look that bad. He looks nice. So I don't agree with that at all. Kevin looks bad. You look good. She Different. told me this while we were watching the episode and I knew she was going to bring it up on the podcast. 
And I just had to sit with the fact <laughs> that she was going to make the statement that I look like Kevin Keller. No, <laughs> it's like steps down. It, it no. goes from serial killer you father, morphs into Blaine, morphs into Kevin. <laughs> so you're two steps above Kevin Keller. No. Kevin doesn't have curly hair. What did they yeah, do to Kevin to do does. this? In this scene, he does. Like one moment girl. while I send you a video of Kevin trying to dance. <laughs> okay, while Reggie and Veronica are boning, Reggie, well, not wow, sorry. After Reggie and Veronica are done boning, um, he says, maybe we're endgame. I would maybe love if it's while they're boning. <laughs> <laughs> Just during, they're like, maybe we're endgame. <laughs> Have you considered... We're watching the video. Oh, that's bad. That's really <laughs> That looks like somebody tied a string to him and went. <laughs> I, weird. I've never seen someone that's like, shoot, how do I be gay? Like, <laughs> it feels like KJ Appa when he tries to act effeminate and it just feels really offensive. Yeah. It feels like that. And then like I post that. all the pictures of it on our Instagram. <laughs> Um, then Kevin tries a mushroom brownie from Evelyn. Maple mushrooms, they're here. And then while he's tripping, he sees Midge dead. Then we have a trauma circle where Evelyn suggests everyone share traumas they haven't told anyone before, which should be impossible for every member of the farm because we know that their whole thing is they have to tell other people their traumas. So I don't think this works. But anyway... Um, Jug is eating chips in the back while everyone cries and trauma does. Great. I would Jug do be eaten. <laughs> so, so last night was big fun, but now it's time to dig deep. There's literally Veronica's like, my parents got divorced, and he's in the back crunching on chips. <laughs> I would love if my parents got divorced. Oh. <laughs> everyone just looks just at him and he's like, like, what? Quench? Why is he there? <laughs> Because he wants to eat chips and watch trauma <laughs> dumping happen. You would do that, though. I, I don't choose it. It <laughs> finds me. Um, so here's the things that we're told in the trauma circle. Kevin says he's haunted by Midge's ghost. And then Fang says he has nightmares about Midge. And Evelyn, genius that she is, is like, these two men <laughs> obviously <laughs> want to have sex with each other. We can get you married tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Reggie is upset because he thinks Veronica is only only slept with him because she was upset about Archie and Josie, but actually Veronica forgot Archie exists and doesn't give a shit. (laughs) She has no feelings about that. She can only feel things about one situation at a time. (laughs) Reggie can only have feelings about one man, and that man is daddy. (laughs) Um, Then Veronica says her parents are separating, and that's actually why she's upset. And Evelyn calls it a breakthrough. Now, yeah. I don't know what we're breaking through to. I don't know either. No one's learned any... Like, she hasn't learned anything new about herself. A breakthrough would be, like, she's been upset and she wouldn't tell anyone. And, like, this is the moment she finally reveals it. Not, oh, by the way, everyone, my parents are separating. Anyway, everyone gets serious because Reggie and Veronica break up and it's so sad. Ugh. And they're sitting two seats apart. <laughs> In the auditorium. Reggie knew he couldn't keep his hands off her if she was closer. It's mature. Reggie makes a mature choice. He does. But I still feel bad for him. He thought they'd be endgame. Oh, yeah. I hadn't considered that. 
Yeah. That was like, oh, Reggie does a whole 180 on this relationship, huh? Even though she says this isn't about my parents, I really like you and want to be with you. He's like, no, you don't. I don't believe you. It's actually because it's about his parents. (laughs) So that's sad. Then Cheryl sees Tony in the hallway. I want you to imagine (laughs) what scene it would be worst to cut to. After an emotional interaction. Did you have a lobotomy for breakfast? Cheryl sees Tony wearing red in the hallway. Um, did you have a lobotomy for breakfast? And what then she says, mean? I invented red. I am red. I am red. And she tells her that she needs to go to a What's different What's your school? damage, child of the corn? <laughs> she, she says she Tony needs to go to a different school. Um, I just, I want to know what, did you have a lobotomy for breakfast means? Because if you got your brain stabbed in the morning. But it wouldn't be for breakfast. Like, like for breakfast implies you're eating the lobotomy. (laughs) No, it does not. No, instead of breakfast, you get a lobotomy. Yeah. I don't think that that's what that implies. Yes, it, yes. No, no, I think the implication is that she got a lobotomy this morning. Yeah. But lobotomy for breakfast exclusively has the image in my head of someone eating half of a brain. I think you're for just brekkie. <laughs> for brekkie. They go That's... they have a little knife and fork and they have in their little lobotomy for breakfast. No one else thought that. Yummy and yummy. German, and German, we have a saying if you're like acting like really silly, um you ask if they had a clown for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that's way better like you say that to children if they're like hyperactive like hast du einen Clown gefrühstückt now back to the show what would brain taste like probably bad you can eat animal brains it probably tastes similar yeah but do you think it'd be like human flesh where it'll give you a disease if you eat it too much yes if you eat too much human brain yeah, it's still human flesh. Yeah. We return to lobotomies. So Cheryl invented red. She says to Tony um, that Tony needs to leave the school, but doesn't give like a threat. Cheryl has burned down enough things at this point <laughs> that I just, I think most people have a latent fear of Cheryl Blossom. Tony Cheryl has, a, has a hair whip um, when she leaves. Cheryl's gonna kill Tony's grandfather. <laughs> oh, good lord. So then Tony sings Dead Girl Walking. Tony's bad at singing. <laughs> Dead Girl Walking is like, oh, like everyone at high school's mean to me and they gave me an ultimatum. Like, I have to leave at this point, so I'm gonna have sex. So Tony, Tony's singing the song and she sees um, a girl in. The pretty poisons named Peaches. How dare you yep. skip two hair whooshes? <laughs> there are two hair whooshes. In a she row. has a, a dramatic moment with some lockers. She hits them and then... <laughs> and then spins on the lockers. And it required not one, but two hair whoosh dot mp3 sound effects. Hair whoosh dot mp3. So she sees Peaches and she is like, I'm gonna fuck Her you. And then... Peaches? Yeah, her name's Peaches. Her name is Peaches. I've Sweet never known this character's Peaches. name. Sweet Peaches. I knew her as the Pretty Poisons girl. Her name's Peaches, and she's gonna and Tony's gonna have a really nice meal of peas and peaches. <laughs> <laughs> so Call me by she your name. also Tony 
drags Peaches and Sweet Pea onto the stage in the auditorium and strips them. Because all bi people want threesomes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to say. What a horrible, this show's so bad about queer things, but it's so bad with this. It's not good. Why people aren't inherently slutty. Like, just because Cheryl's mean to her doesn't mean she's going to go have a threesome at school. On on the the stage. stage. It's horrible. Kind of iconic. It's it's funny in the show, but it makes me it makes me upset. Yeah. So she's gonna have a threesome with them, which is funny. I remember watching this and losing my mind about it. It is this song has the weirdest line change because Mm -hmm. it changes ride you till I break you to hold you till I break you. Yeah. But still keeps everything else. Like take off your tidy whities which still implies sex. What you couldn't say what what was wrong with that? Oh, it's not just implied sex. Like they're standing there, the girl is in her bra and Sweet Pea is in his boxers and they're both standing there with Tony. I would once again like to remind whoever made this hellscape of a show that Teenagers. these are supposed to be children. Teen Teenagers. Uh, you, but, like, but, but, if there was any age group to have sex on a theater stage, it would be teenagers. That's just representation. Oh my god. <laughs> Horny so, theater kid representation. And no, in, they would do it backstage, not in the unlocked theater on stage. Yeah. On stage is a bold choice. Especially when we know they have a bunch of dressing rooms in the back. Yeah, but Reggie's in the dressing room right now, you know, like. They knocked, and he said, occupied. <laughs> While we're having this really sexy, angsty moment, um, out of nowhere, hallucination, <laughs> apparition, dream state, Cheryl Blossom <laughs> appears from the ether itself just to guilt trip Tony and then <laughs> vanish back into the darkness where she belongs. She doesn't even say anything like, don't sleep with them. She's still singing the song. It has no... In the song, she does sleep with him. It implies... the Her lines imply that the reason that she's being toxic and abusive is because Tony's beautiful. Yeah. That feels icky. But it's... But the problem is, it's not super icky because it's not... It's not Cheryl singing it. It's Tony's mental representation of Cheryl. Like that one Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> so what it actually is, is Tony thinks that Cheryl is being toxic because Tony is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and that in some way she deserves the toxicity. Oh, I thought Cheryl singing so meant cute. like their relationship was beautiful. That's what I thought. Oh. I think they just wanted Cheryl to be like, la, 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 la. No, I thought she was like, our relationship was beautiful. Okay, maybe. And we can, that means like they can fix it. And that's why she has the divine light of God behind her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird that Tony says she can't have the threesome and runs away and leaves Sweet Pea and Peaches standing in their underwear <laughs> on the stage. And I think they have sex, personally. I think they do. Yeah, I do too. But that is so awkward. I was thinking about this and I was like, I think I would have had to have sex with them just because it would be, it would be embarrassing to leave, more embarrassing to leave than to have sex with them. Because if I left, then I would, they would forever know we almost had sex in the middle of the stage, all three together. Mm -hmm. Mythic B. 
I have a question for you, Mythic B. Say your girlfriend brings back someone from the coffee shop. <laughs> right? Stupid coffee and shop. And then leaves. You're being the worst to me this episode. Why are you being so horrible? Do you still have sex with the girl from the coffee shop? No. Very much no. Anyway. Okay, so yeah, Tony almost had a threesome. We're now up to five hair whips, I think. Maybe six. Um, a lot. A lot. Jug then tells the serpents that they need to find his old trailer. Yeah, and this ends up shifting into a conversation with Betty, where Betty's like, there's a thing happening in school today with the farm that I'm going to go see. Mm-hmm. And Jug's like, how did you hear that? And she's like, from eavesdropping. And I'm like, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I respect that. And then, um, in case you were wondering if this episode could heighten itself even further. Betty sees a ritual. A bunch of people dressed in white are sitting on benches and wearing 3D glasses for no goddamn reason. It's so they could see in 3D. (laughs) So that's happening at the sides. And then in the front is Kevin and Fangs in white having a marriage ceremony led by Evelyn where they're singing Our Love is God. Just so we're clear, Kevin and Fangs only were put together this episode. Yeah. And four episodes ago, Kevin lost his virginity before being traumatized in the woods. So this show goes trauma, first sex experience, episode, 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 marriage. Yeah. But marriage to someone else. Yeah. They've like... They tried to, like, make it wedding-esque in the set, but they've just taped three roses upright on every pew, and it looks so bad. I didn't notice they were wearing 3D glasses until, like, the last time I watched it, and I, like, cried. But, like, why did they do that? It's so funny to me. It's so bad. Where did they get the church pews? Funny. Well, they're brought... the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Of course yeah. they're church pews. Oh, they're in the Sisters. For some reason, yeah. I always imagine this happening, like, in backstage of the theater at school. You and I <laughs> both didn't realize the Sisters was in this episode until, like, today. That's where my head is. Even though they say it very clearly that they're <laughs> going to the Sisters. That's because, like, when Weatherby says that it's a rehearsal, I'm like, oh, it's a rehearsal. Obviously, they're at school for rehearsal. No. Um, so Betty sees the marriage ceremony and she takes pictures. They say, um, our love is God and then kiss and then say our love is God again, which I think is weird. May the one become many. <laughs> the way she <laughs> many moves her hand. Doctor oh Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> I like the idea that she was channeling her inner Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> or that Benedict Cumberbatch saw this and took inspiration. <laughs> Fight for me. And when, just when you thought, there was no way this episode could get worse. Oh, he's just punching the air for no reason. And then she told me a fun anecdote. I imagine that's what straight people do. Why is he punching the air? And he's making sounds. He's like... (laughs) No, because I've seen straight people do that. If, If you were to ask me, what is a quintessential high school boy? I'd be like shadow boxing and pretending they look cool. You know what? You're right. But why does it work? Um. It doesn't. So Archie's like, if uh, you don't Sarah, want... I shadow boxed and I looked super cool. 
Archie tells Josie, if you don't want to be with me, like, cause you don't have feelings, that's fine. But if you do have feelings, you should be with me. And then they sing fight for me and they have really awkward dances in the ring. It's not good. Archie's so it. sweaty. Disgusting. This is the exact exchange that she had with Sweet Pea. So I know. Sweet Pea, the objectively better man. Well, I didn't understand if this song was her saying, yeah, I'll date you or not. Cause that's not what this song is about. She comes in trying to say something. She's like, Archie, we need to talk. He goes, no, let me go first. And she never gets to say what she wanted to say. So we don't know whether she was coming no, to I break it off or to continue. To break it up. Yeah. And Archie's song convinced her to stay with him. Archie was such a good singer. <laughs> I think that it's a power trip thing for Josie. And the fact that he sounds so bad makes her feel like she sounds better. <laughs> And I think that's in character. You know what? Yeah. This song has by far my least favorite lyric change. They change, could you carry me through no man's land to could I carry you through no man's land because Archie's singing and they refuse for a singular moment to have Archie not be in the position of control. That's oh, annoying that's because so Josie says that she'll fight for him and I was like, oh, quality, but no. They cut the holy shits at the end of uh, Fight For You. Uh-huh. Did you know that? No. Did you, have you, do you not know Heathers well enough? No, I know? do know Heathers. I just don't have Heathers memorized like that. Oh, I remember that. And it ends. Yeah. And I think there's something absolutely amazing about the image of Archie lifting Josie into the air at the end of that song <laughs> while a chorus of people chant, holy shit. That would have been really that fun. That would have been funny. I would have enjoyed that. Or that would have been fun as a, like, backing sound throughout the episode. Like, when Betty sees the farm, it could be like, just like oh, holy shit. That would be so fun. That would, But that would have to have, like, glee stylings and be oh, that's fun. True. Yeah. So Weatherby um, is like, that just looks like a rehearsal. And you find out that Weatherby is part of the farm. Mm. A plot twist. It means nothing. (laughs) No, it means that we get to have a man lose his finger. Yeah, it does. I thought of that immediately. Say goodbye. He's on the track. Then Betty calls Jug and is like, I think Weatherby's part of the farm. And Jug is like, I don't care. Come over here. Oh, for the best song. The best song. For the best song. Woo. Well, before that, I'm sorry. We have Tony giving Cheryl tea. Oh, that's why. And Cheryl's in a strange evening gown thing. I think it's a a reference to Heather's. She's also like, is that drain cleaner? And Tony's like, it's an olive branch. Like, no, it's a mug of tea. That's not a great olive branch. It's at least the same kind of cup as in the You're original right. Heather's You're movie. Right. They should have gotten a cupcake. Totally oh, that's right. why she asks if it's poison. Yeah, yeah. It's because I'm Heather. just now getting that. It's because I, they kill Heather. I know. Heather does I not look it. that good when she dies, though. Yeah, because she's, she's hungover. <laughs> so then Tony, I don't know how Tony got in the house, first of all. Or made tea. Nana Rose. What? <laughs> Nana Rose probably she forgot Tony there. got kicked out. There's keys. <laughs> she knows the um, ways. If anyone could get into this building other than Cheryl and Nana Rose, it'd be Tony. 
So Tony gives Cheryl the tea and then says, Cheryl, describe love in your family to me. Incest. That's what I, that's what I think everyone that talks to you imagines you say to them. <laughs> I think that's true. I have an incest joke written down as well. Because Cheryl says um, that her the light in her life went away when her brother died and was only brought back when Tony came into her life. So I wrote down, you remind me of my brother. That's why I like fucking you. Um, anyway. <laughs> Julie says JJ was my only light until you. Lesbian. What about Heather? <laughs> yeah, what about Heather? What about Heather? <laughs> Great point. I can't believe Heather's absent from this episode. This is I know. Heather and then Razor. brought up in season Heather. six. And anyway, <laughs> does anyone ever tell Cheryl that Tony almost had sex on the stage with two people? <laughs> no. I mean, do you tell Redact it. about all the times you almost have sex? You're right. And I didn't think of that. <laughs> Anyway. And that's like daily. <laughs> I mean, how many coffee shops do you go to? <laughs> anyway, uh, Betty and Jug um, meet and they see that Jug's trailer has been turned into a drug den and he's really sad. Poor and Jug. then um, magic. No, magic no, no, no. Happens. We find out there's a serpent named Tonsils. Oh, we do find out there's tonsils. a serpent named Tonsils. Tonsils, as in the things in that. your throat. I'm really happy about that. Tonsils. <laughs> that brings me a lot of joy. And then, and then there's a random cut to Kevin giving Sweet Pea and Josie the song 17. Yeah. They never sing. No. They don't sing in the song. Betty and Jug sounds so good like actually good it's so i good. enjoy it it sounds nice i do wish they let jug sing higher because like he's just not a bass and he sounds weird in those first few lines so if he's he sings, he's not a singer i know he's not a he singer but sing. he sounds better during the harmony parts where he's singing higher i think that's because they went to Helen back with the mixing. <laughs> I think that all of their budget for this episode went from mixing 17. I think yeah. this is the only song they cared about. But it sounds great. I it's amazing. It. I also think that this was pushing the top of Cole Sprouse's range already mm. because they lowered the last note. And I just think that was because he couldn't sing it. He only did this it. because Lily Reinhardt pressured him into doing it. I do appreciate that sometimes you can just tell that he's so low energy. He's just like, I'm here. But when they're I'm seeing like this. the final part, they pop their pussies for that. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I love it. The kneeling they, bit. They did it. It's such a good it. song. So good. This is one of those times when I, I prefer this rendition to the actual mm. world according past. to Chris and 17. World According to Chris is a billion times better than the original World mm. According to Chris. And this is so good. And I, I love really like that Cole Sprouse was pressured into doing it. <laughs> I, love, I love it because it's almost like a tattoo of your girlfriend's name. Because, like, this episode's gonna exist forever. And is just, just a history of, like, when this man folded in I know. That's it's so funny to me because now that they're broken up it's even better because i'm like you didn't have to do this that's it's true the hit, it. it's the him kneeling down in front of her with the i want to be with you that gets me i know i just want to know how lily must have she either pitched it like every day until he gave up or she like threatened him oh god you don't think that there was any reward in this you think it was threat 
Oh, I think it had to be threats. Because Cole Sprouse went on record and was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I would never. So I don't think yeah. a reward is what would get him to do it. I so do. Good. I really need Cole Sprouse to have a singular interview. <laughs> like, post-breakup and be like, so, what happened? The only thing I'm excited about about Riverdale ending after season seven is that they're going to be out of their contracts, which means they can actually tell us things that were going on behind the scenes, like the people from Glee did. And I'm sure there was a whole, there was like so much going on that they didn't say. It's going to be oh so my God. much content. I know. Did so you imagine that that KJ Appa called it prison on contract? <laughs> I I want it to end and for like every cast member to be like, I hated KJ Appa. I, I want that to happen so bad because that's what happened with Leah Michelle. Anyway, 17 slaps. 17 slaps. It's great. It's so good. Um, It's cut with Tony and Cheryl, but I don't care about them. I only care about Cole. This is the musical version of them all having sex at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Wouldn't that just be them all singing? That's like, no, that would be like a virgin from Glee. It would be that. It would be that. Also the funniest episode of Glee. You're right. <laughs> then Veronica begs her dad to come back home. And her dad is like, Hermione tried to kill me twice. Absolutely so fantastic. No, like, twice. Um, there's Wild West music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Which what? was a choice. It doesn't have anything to do with Heather's either. Anyway, I find it weird for Hiram to be mad about this when he made hate a man to shoot at his wife yeah yeah it's bad like like that ha like he paid a man to shoot at his wife also um small fry came in to kill his wife i forgot his name small fry small fry i think there were multiple times when hiram <laughs> deliberately and by his actions put hermione in harm's way and so this is a bit hypocritical just a tiny bit. So I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I think we have to cancel Hiram Lodge now. <laughs> <laughs> then Veronica sings Lifeboat. No, she doesn't. I don't. Well, they changed. I don't they, care. They changed Veronica. the line to "I thought I was captain," which no. No. In what world? I think if you were like, well, who made them captain, and you were talking about your dad, that could have implications. That could. But, like, you were never captain of this ship. What? And then they cut the only good part of Lifeboat, Fight Me, which is the bit where it goes hard, and instead of having it, just have, like, a scene with her and Hiram. It's bad. Instead of the good part of the song. Yeah, they cut to her asking her parents to go to opening night together. I can actually play. I just remembered that the Riverdale cast album exists. Oh, yeah, they have extended versions of all these songs. No. And usually they're much worse after the part you don't hear in the show because they don't edit them as yeah, much. Yeah, no, of course not. Why would they? You can actually see exactly when they stopped camping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I add these songs to my playlist, and then I hear the parts I've never heard before, 
and it jump scares me and it's horrible she when we first started dating made me a playlist and added a riverdale cast song and i do I it think again. i did i think i added two you did the playlist yeah. i made for you 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 did definitely you're the only one who understands me <laughs> so anyway it's opening night fp comes home with scratches so he's like a tweaked out fizzle head was playing gg in the middle of the roads and then gladys is just like drugs yeah terrible how unfortunate and he's like i'm gonna find them i'm gonna bring them to justice and she's like "Mm -hmm. yeah sucks to be you and then cole's like anyway on an unrelated note um lily do you have that gasoline (laughs) you have we just needed to to fill up the car yeah with gasoline you know to get to the pre-show ceremony and burn up your trailer (laughs) i was upset in this scene because fp literally says that the candy store is back open which means in the plot they could have sang candy store about the drugs that are a part of the plot line and then they didn't look at me are you asking me (laughs) to condone a song in which gladys would be the lead why would gladys have to be lead i was thinking it would be kids at because um, it's her like trading drugs singing like about the candy store well, that could be fun. Yeah. But Gladys would certainly have at least one or two lines. Gladys would have. Yeah, to. she would. And then we wouldn't have our hot, sexy, amazing dance battle. Guys, we're doing we're doing we're doing age casting again. Gladys is gonna be in the school musical. <laughs> right, because they don't have the teacher either. You gotta get that age appropriate casting. Get Gladys in there. Get Gladys. Put me in, folks. <laughs> then we have Evelyn asking people to sign her playbill. Everyone says thank you, 10. Everyone says thank you, 10, when they're not in costumes yet. And honestly, yep. bold move. Cheryl and Tony, um, Cheryl puts on makeup and says blah and then kisses Tony, which I think is actually cute. And I don't like that I think it's cute, but I like it. I think it's cute. I don't um, like it, so that's fine. I'll be the one that... It's cute. Blot. The way blot. she says it makes my brain happy. She goes, blot, Dickinson. <laughs> then Benny tells Jug that he's singing at the end of the musical. By the way, you're in the show. Which I actually think um, is a dramatic recreation of how Lily told Jug. He's <laughs> so funny. If she was like, oh my god, he gets he gets the script on set, and they're like, you're singing. He's like, what? She's like, oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. You're singing with me. We're doing a duet. Huh? He's Wait, like, what? Then we have, there's the ending song. All the main cast are standing in a line on the stage in front of the audience and um, singing. Josie mentions Martha, even though there's no Martha, which bothers me. I think in this rendition, the audience is Martha. <laughs> the audience is Martha. What if it's an ethereal Martha. Martha was inside of us all along. <laughs> Damn it, I'm stupid. It was the her inside of me. That's what the I was going to say. inside of you. Yes. And then my favorite part of this is that they do uh, sexy strip choreo, but only the women. Only the women do the choreo. The men stand there. Jock puts on a hat. Yeah, and he takes off his hat. No, no, no. They take off their clothes, but the women have choreography and the men don't. I will also say I think that Jughead's normal clothing that he wears onto stage looks like a better JD costume than the outfit that Sweet Pea is wearing throughout this yeah. episode as JD. 
I forgot that he was actually in costume. <laughs> um, we have a he's flash to like Jug and freaking... Betty. He's like in a striped black and white shirt. It looks bad. Where, we have a flash to <laughs> Jug and Betty burning the trailer of drugs together and then making out. Best hot. part. Best part. They get so high. I think arson is the sexiest crime. <laughs> it is. And I the- think the sexiest crime is robbing Hiram every night and then giving a smooch to his <laughs> Anyway, it, the camera also pans to the parents and the audience, and they just, they're absolutely hating it. Like I love it. FP looks so disappointed in his child. <laughs> They're so like, oh, good God, I want to go home. Ski Ulrich, I swear that's his actual reaction. Oh, yeah. He looks so upset. Going from last episode, FP being like, I'm so proud of you, son, to <laughs> this episode's, I feel like maybe I should take that back. <laughs> I said like- it too early. When I first saw this episode, I was screaming at this part because they're all on stage dancing horribly. And they're like slowly taking off their jackets and like moving and the audience. And it's just so good. I love it. And the parents are just like, I I adore that the message behind this scene is that they're transforming from their characters back into themselves. And that for some reason, the only delineation between themselves and their characters is in total a layer of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> At most, a jacket. A jacket. Good lord. And the implication last musical episode was that they were cast as, like, themselves. They were like, Archie's the boy next door, and we're in a fight, so we're in a fight in the musical. But and they, they don't still do-, do that. They can't do it as well, though, because they can't be like, and, and the guy playing JD is a terrorist. <laughs> like, like. But he is in a gang, which is, like, close. But it's a no, gang but that doesn't like, commit Yeah, crimes. it's a crime-free <laughs> gang. How dare you forget? And then I think my actual favorite part of the episode happens, which is just Edgar in white stands up and starts going, no. Like Shia LaBeouf. Like Shia LaBeouf. And everyone else stands up, like, from the cult. And there's so many audience members from the cult, and they're all slow clapping. And I, like, I always imagine if I did, like, a show, and everyone in the audience just clapped in unison, how creepy that would be. That'd be what an actual creepy thing. That would be That's so, so disturbing. I hate it. And then It's everyone's... also the first time you ever see Edgar. Yeah. I know. Which, for, to have a built-up mystery about this man and have the reveal be in the musical episode. I know! It's great! I knew my dad would like it, Evelyn says, she creepily staring no. at her husband. She screamed yeah. no when this happened. I and love I couldn't it. relate. I'm outing you on the podcast. You didn't like Much Edgar like LaBeouf. Cheryl. Edgar Because <laughs> it was creepy and weird. This is my favorite part. I love it. It's just so strange. And at, like, they're trying to make everyone clap in unison, but everyone's like a little off. So it's like not quite in unison. That's great. So good. Did you know that that's a custom in some countries? That if you really like a show, everyone uh, gets to clapping at the same time? I hate it. And that's so horrible. It's disturbing. And it's, but it is fun. Like everyone who stands up in white is part of the cult. And you're like, oh my God, there's so many people. Like, that weren't in this audience in the previous establishment shots. There's so many people. Wow. <laughs> wow. A billion out of 10 hair rouge sound effects. <laughs> I'm giving this 
I'm giving this a trillion out of 10 threesomes at school. I'm giving this a trillion plus one. <laughs> no, I already had it written down a trillion. I really did. <laughs> I give this a 20,000 out of 50 uh, sexy skirt swishes. Yeah. <laughs> I give this a 10 out of 10 lobotomy breakfast bites. As Ooh, that's a should. good one. As it should. All of Riverdale's downhill from here, except for the one spike of the pincushion man. Pincushion <laughs> man! How dare you do season six like that? I love season six. It's not as good I as I also this. like the rat boy. Uh, yeah. Rat the boy? That is funny. We have not to be vague good. because she doesn't know what that is. Rat boy! It's exactly what it sounds like. Imagine Rat Boy. It's that. <laughs> what about the accident? Oh, the accident's funny. The accident. I love this episode. Thank you so much, Sarah, for listening. I have been drug dealing dad. Father, drug dealing father? No. Drug no. dealing daddy? No, it's not no, drug dealing. Not at all. It's it's a, it's a corner. Oh no. No. <laughs> It's you on your screen. Know it. Wait, I have written my name. Yeah, you're yes. an idiot. Serial killer father. I have been drug lord mother. I have been child of the corn. And I've been mythic bitch. Go have a threesome on your nearest stage. <laughs> Go do Just it. Just any nearest stage? Go yeah. watch this episode. And again. as we all as we have all know from Shakespeare, the whole world's a stage, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I mean, watch this episode, of course, in the background while you're on the stage. Have a projection of it. 